Are you always trying to find ways to incorporate more spirituality into your day-to-day, your spiritual development, your spiritual evolution, your connection to your spirituality? Are you ever hard on yourself that you're not doing enough or you don't have enough space to do more because you have reaped the benefits of connecting spiritually to the world around you and the world within? Today's episode is on how to weave in spirituality into your everyday, making it more accessible for the world we live in today. So welcome to another episode of Spirit School. I am your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. And today we are discussing everyday spirituality and simplifying spirituality to make it more accessible in your life. Welcome to Spirit School. I first started developing my spirituality more consciously when I was 31 years old in 2013 after the birth of my first daughter. Now, I was very lucky at that time that in Canada, when you deliver a baby, you get a year off maternity leave. So we get 12 months, 52 weeks to, um, you know, kind of learn how to be a mom, raise a child. And to be honest with you, back at that time at 31, I had been working pretty much since I was a teenager and I'd never had a big chunk of time off. I never had a gap between workplaces. I had been working consistently since I was 14 years old. So interesting enough, when I gave birth to my first child in 2013, I found myself with a lot of spare time. And I know that is not the case for everybody and I just want to acknowledge that. It just so happened that Danielle, who had been used to being a workhorse, all of a sudden had um, a lot of time in the day. And when you first have a little baby, um, they sleep a lot. So I actually did have quite a bit of time to build a foundation for a spiritual practice and really play around with what resonated with me. I had started developing my mediumship And I had started a meditation practice and sitting in the power. I started playing with oracle cards and pendulums and reading as much as I could and devouring as many lectures as I could. The online learning space was very different back then. I didn't actually know until 2018 that you could develop online anywhere. And so it was a really experimental time for me back in the day, really formulating my own personal spiritual practices and building a connection to the spirit world as well as the spirit world within me. And I incorporated a routine at that time, which I called sitting with spirit. Now, sitting in the power, yes, I did that for many years as I was developing my mediumship, and it did resonate to some level, but meditation is not my favorite spiritual practice, to be honest with you. I like much more activating, active and engaging activities when it comes to my spiritual practice. So I simply carved out 30 minutes a day or night. I typically did it when my husband got home from work and we put down our little girl. I would escape to the bedroom for half an hour to do what I would call sitting with spirit. And I would simply just tune into what I felt like doing at that time. I didn't have any rigid structure. I didn't have a checklist of any kind. I simply just felt into what I desired to connect into at that time. Sometimes it was the pendulum. Sometimes it was oracle cards. Sometimes it was meditation. 
And I started gathering this routine of dedicating 30 minutes a day to sitting with spirit. And I do credit a lot of this devotion to the unfoldment of my mediumship really early on. There was a devotion, a reverence, um, a new connection that was really, really exciting for me to explore. So it actually was really rewarding for me and easy to carve out that time. But after that year wrapped up and I went back to work and at a two hour commute every day and eight hours at a desk every day, very minimal time with my child. I still was able to maintain to some extent, some level, um, that sitting with spirit time, though it may not have been every single night. I was also developing, um, 200 kilometers away once a month for a full day a month. Um, my mediumship under a teacher at the time. So I still had a lot of spirituality carved in, but then I started feeling the pull of really being immersed with people who had no spiritual interest, no interest in healing, and really feeling that tug and pull between worlds. Here I was after this dreamy time of a year spending off connecting with spirit, learning how to be a mother, and then all of a sudden... I'm in a corporate desk and I couldn't feel any less spiritual there. And then I had this life at home that felt very connected and very, very spiritual. So throughout that kind of transition from maternity leave to going back to full-time work, it really was a spiritual practice in itself on how to weave spirituality and simple spiritual practices into my every day because I desired that connection. I desired how I felt when I felt connected to something greater than myself. And so this episode is going to go through some of those things that I did that helped me continue um, feeling connected to my spirituality in the everyday. I think that for so many of us, we have really high expectations. We have high desires um, to be of service, to reach our highest potential in our spirituality, whether we end up going on to be light workers that serve the light or we just simply want to be aware of the light that is within and around us. Um, so this episode is for everybody. One of the things that I incorporated into my spiritual practice, which is very interesting because this really formed a belief and a philosophy that I carry to this day and I still see very true to this day in, in recent experiences that the world of spirit and the world of energy does respond to our declarations. It responds to our desires. And, you know, I worked in a really big black office tower. It used to be called the Black Tower. That's actually the name that was synonymous with. And it was this very serious government building, but it was you know, on this landscape that was surrounded by oceans and rivers and mountains, and there was spirituality all around us and eagles and fish and deer and, you know, the animal kingdom and the winged ones. And so there was this opportunity to be in this tower and still have time to connect into the nature and the world around us. But that still didn't satisfy me fully because I wasn't fully connected to nature at that time. That comes a little bit later, which I'll talk about. But one thing that I incorporated into my spiritual practice pretty early on in returning to work as life got a little bit busier, I introduced a second child, which then made me have like less time to connect into my spirituality. And I intentionally would park further away 
away from the Black Tower along the river. So I had to walk along the river to go up to the office building instead of going through the big parking lot and the concrete jungle. I found a secret parking spot that I never told anyone about because there's only three spots and I would walk along the river, connect in with the nature and I would see the black tower coming towards me as I was walking towards it. And I started introducing whenever I felt that calling from within a prayer that simply said, how can I be of service today? So even though I was going to a desk job that I had, you know, bosses and a big task list and a lot of it was in spreadsheets and planning and logistics and none of it was really spiritual in nature, I would walk up to this tower with a prayer in my heart and simply say, how can I be of service today? And every single time I would do this, somebody would approach me, I would be put to work by the spirit world at some capacity while I was at work. So then I would start feeling more fulfilled going to work because I was able to be able to serve in ways that also served my heart and soul. And it was always fascinating to me that every single time I would say this prayer, something would come up that I would be put to work. And this actually happened last week to me. I was off work and I was feeling energized. And this is the first week I really have taken off in a very, very long time. And I had some extra energy to give. So I was on the way to go volunteer at my son's um, ice skating class. And as I was getting ready from my heart, I just said a simple prayer. How can I be of service today? Sure enough, go to the ice rink and I see somebody who's an old friend and I can just tell by their energy um, something is off. So I just approach them saying, do you need to talk? And right away they start welling and they say, yes, can we please talk for a second? And what transpired after that is very personal and private, but I was absolutely put to work by the spirit world to serve them and their family who was going through a big loss in their family. And I was put to work in my death doula role. And I told them a week later about that prayer. And they were also blown away and covered in shivers because I said, you know, right before I ran into you, I said a prayer to the spirit world. How can I be of service? And I haven't done that for some time. And sure enough, I run into you right after. And they started crying again and I started crying. And these are just the little reminders of how beautiful the spirit world can be. And, you know, when we have full faith in this connection and this is very reciprocal exchange, it's like all I have to do is intend this prayer and then the spirit world aligns things so that my prayer is met. And that, you know, because the prayer involves other people, I think that there is extra, you know, support by the spirit world to make things happen. Which takes me to my second tip for you when it comes to incorporating more spirituality into your everyday, which is prayer. Now, prayer for me was a word I had to do some healing around to be able to use in a way that feels very authentic to me and feels uh, very ingrained with my soul. You know, I, I've said this before on the podcast many times, I didn't grow up in a religion. Um, I didn't grow up with religious parents. I was always very fascinated by religion. I loved attending churches. I attended all sorts of churches as a child. I loved collecting Bibles. I remember calling colleges when I was 17 years old. I remember picking up the phone and calling colleges saying, your theology studies, are they taught from a non, like, Christian lens and I could not find a theology class that was not taught from the Christian lens. I just wanted to learn about world religions from a non-biased lens and I couldn't find anything like that but I always had a 
uh, a drawing to religion and the sacredness of it and the devotion. I'm pretty sure it was like the devotion and the reverence that really attracted me to religion. And so prayer for me, because I grew up in a family that, um, you know, they're wonderful and stuff, but not only was religion not promoted, but it was more like, like, don't go there. I remember being introduced to Scientology when I was a kid. (laughs) When I was a teenager, my mom's like, no, don't go there. Don't go to Scientology. And so my parents have always, you know, been grounding for me and kind of like walking me back. So my experiences with prayer have been very conflicted because I always aligned the word of prayer with religion. And so it should be and so it is. And it took me a very long time in my own personal spiritual practice to find my own definition around prayer, to find my own authentic connection through the power of prayer. And it was actually through the brilliant work of Caroline Mace that I really did get to have the act of prayer be more accessible to me. And so I started seeing prayer much like being aligned with that word of declaration that I talked about, you know, how can I be of service? I didn't realize back then I was actually praying, but sometimes I interchangeably use the language of it being a declaration. And so when I started leaning into the language of prayer, I realized that you know, under the radar and unintentionally, I'm actually sending prayers out to the world all the time. And I think that you are too. So let's talk about this. You know, when you see, you know, I remember driving the highway and I would see like a bird hit the window of the car next to me. And I would just simply say to the angels, thank you angels for bringing that bird home very quickly and painlessly and, you know, letting it, and I would visualize this bird like flying off in the heavens and meeting its ancestors. And these are the little things that I would do even on my way to work. And I didn't realize I was actually praying. Um, You know, I worked in an indigenous organization and anytime there was a loss in the company, um, they would pass around a drum and we would contribute money and finances to the family for the potluck and the travel required for family to gather to mourn the loss of a community member. And I didn't even realize as we were passing around this drum for some time as a reconnecting indigenous woman, that we were actually praying as we were contributing to this very sacred um, ritual in our communities of, you know, mourning and helping a family transition to the next world. And so I started to realize that the act of prayer was actually all around me. And, you know, I remember saying, you know, blessings to the family that are traveling to gather for this potluck to mourn this lost loved one. And, that was very simple. I remember seeing people, you know, in boardrooms and you would see the nerves come over as they were presenting. And I remember saying, you know, strength and love to them, empowerment, may the words flow clearly through their mouths. And I remember just really sending love, sending wishes to people while they were, you know, putting themselves out there. On the podcast I've mentioned before, and this really resonated with people, there was a time when I realized through working and mentoring with people that we can actually talk to each other's soul and we can acknowledge each other's soul. And sometimes talking at that soul level can be really impactful for people who may have conflict with other people, if you're going through divorce, et cetera, et cetera. So I started seeing evidence through my sessions that when we speak to each other soul to soul, we pick up what each other are putting down. So I started walking around everyday life 
just through my heart, not through verbalizing, but through my heart, acknowledging people who are passing me. Hello, sister. Hello, brother. Hello, soul. And I remember just this like act of prayer, just acknowledging the souls of the people who are sharing space in my community who are passing by me. And what I remember through this simple act of acknowledging other souls and other spirits as they were walking by is the level of like sacred connection to self. It would warm my heart. It would expand my heart. It would give me tingles on my crown. There was just this acknowledgement and it was through this prayer of my heart of acknowledging the soul and other people that made me feel more connected to everyone and everything around me. And I started using prayer as my most common and still to this day, prayer is my most exercised spiritual practice in my everyday. And I'm like, praying all the time for people around me, for the world around me. And still to this day, through breath and prayer, it is the quickest way for me to feel connected spiritually into my own soul, into the world around me. So see if you can bring awareness around how you are actually, likely, probably already praying for other people in other situations. And it's just simply being aware of that act that can make you feel more connected spiritually day to day. And I want to be clear that you don't have to tell other people you're praying for them. Um, it doesn't have to be seen by others. It's seen by our higher selves. It's seen by the soul and the spirit world. And that's really what matters the most. A simple sacred practice, if you want to see a spiritual practice that you want to embrace and embody for the everyday, can be cleaning up your internal dialogue, can be a sacred and spiritual practice as well. So this can simply be when you're walking around in your everyday, we usually have a pattern or a rumination or old thought patterns that are continuously coming up. And one of our spiritual practices that we may want to embrace in our every single day is learning how to create a new story, how to replace some of these old thought patterns with new, more helpful, aligned ones with where we really want to go. So in saying this, you know, an example of this may be you may be ruminating on a decision you made in the past and kind of being hard on yourself. I should have, would have picked up something different. Things would have been different if I chose something different. Um, I can't believe they said this. I can't believe that they did this. I can't believe I didn't say that. I can't believe I didn't do that. Like sometimes for many of us, not all of us, but for many of us, we may be kind of caught in some old thought patterns and ruminations. And therefore, a simple spiritual practice that we can bring in every day is learning to work with the mind, learning to work with the thoughts, learning to choose empowering thoughts, new thoughts, engaging thoughts, and creating more stories in our minds because they're active anyways and a deep spiritual practice is learning to choose our thoughts that are more supportive of where we actually want to go and this for me as like a Virgo son who's ruled by Mercury who has like a lot of busyness in the mind I see this as one of my deep spiritual practices that I have here in this life because a lot of the things that go on in the world behind our eyes and in our minds is habitual. And when we wake up to spirituality, when we want to embrace more of a spiritual path, 
it's an opportunity to bring in a new. And so if you are someone that this resonates with and you're looking for simple everyday spiritual practices, look at how you can work with the mind in a sacred way to clean up those thoughts, introduce new thoughts, and seeing it as a spiritual practice. If you are hard on yourself for something, even if it is hard, I don't have time for spirituality. I have children, I have work, I have like a side business, I have all these different responsibilities. Even that thought pattern and that process can be a spiritual practice to bring a new type of awareness around or a new spiritual practice around. Even if you only have 10 seconds, you can pray for someone or give gratitude to something, which is a sacred spiritual practice because it brings you back to your heart. It brings you back to the seed of the soul. And that's what makes it that sacred and spiritual practice. And it only takes mere seconds. This is about simplifying things and making things more accessible so that you don't walk around being hard on yourself and you realize I can actually do something spiritual for myself to feel connected spiritually in mere seconds. So that internal dialogue becomes a real sacred practice that is um, very private between you, your soul, your higher self, your spirit team, your ancestors, also realizing that often some of the thoughts that come through us are patterned through ourselves, patterned through our DNA, patterned through, um, you know, ancestral and lineage. And so this work that we have around what we think about ourselves and how we guide ourselves through this life is sacred not just for us and our path but healing the ones that have been here and healing for the ones that are still to come so it is deep spiritual work that may seem a little bit more surface but it actually has like a deeper context and a deeper impact to it that is generational in ways i don't know if you have children and if you do I can recognize sometimes my daughter will say out loud some of the things that go on in my mind. And so I can see this actually ripple effect taking place in my line in real life and in the flesh and in real time. And that just makes it more profound for me to really take that time to clean up that internal dialogue. And that is a sacred spiritual practice that each and every one of us will have to navigate and walk. Now, one of my everyday spiritual practices that I give people who are developing mediumship or developing psychism or trying to increase their sensitivities to the world of energy, and most importantly, because everyone who advances along their journey always uses this word, how do I discern the difference between XYZ? How do I discern the difference between my thoughts and spirits? How do I discern my emotions from that of my children? How do I discern um, what I'm feeling from my sitter or from my client? This discernment is a muscle that is built through experience, awareness, and time. And so what I'm about to provide you as an everyday spiritual practice can be really fun, but it also helps you with discerning what is yours and what is not yours. It can help in so many different ways. And one of the things that I started doing early in my mediumship development, because 
I am a clairsentient medium. I feel so much. I feel emotions. I feel passings. I can feel distance. I can feel, um, I can feel so much. I could do podcast episodes upon podcast episodes of all the different things that I feel in my sessions and even when I'm teaching. So learning how to discern what was mine versus other people's became a spiritual practice in itself, especially for anyone who identifies as empathic or feels like they take on the energy of someone else. And I would do this, um, you know, using grocery store lineups, Starbucks lineups, whenever I was around a group of people, concert lineups, uh, merchandise table lineups, like wherever I was surrounded by other people and I didn't have anyone to talk to and I was just kind of there with me, myself and I anyways, I would just simply stand there and center myself and I would get really, really clear on how I feel. Okay, I feel like I can feel where my energy ends and begins. Once I have that center back, I call back my power. I know, again, where my energy begins and ends. I will then start to open up my awareness and I will start to become aware of the energy of the person who stands behind me and how different that feels to mine. And then I would start to feel into the energy of the person in front of me. And I would start to try to like name it. And I'd be like, yes, that feels very different. I didn't have to like fully understand it, but I could name it. Um, I feel the person in front of me ignites my stomach area. The person behind me, I feel it in my upper back and my neck. I don't need to know what it means. I just need to simply know how different it feels from my own energy. And I would do this all the time. I wouldn't try to tune into them. I wouldn't try to tune into what they were going through. That's not ethical. I just simply would become aware of the energy around me and how different it felt from my own. And this sacred spiritual practice in itself, I believe fully supported me in my development, in my mediumship, in really my practice of energetic sovereignty, really being able to clearly not only know what was mine or not, but also choose, I don't want to feel anyone else's energy right now. I'm going to call back my power. I'm going to become aware of where my energy begins and ends. And that became a sacred practice because it is tied to energetic sovereignty. I think a lot of what people who identify as empaths experience is this like constant blending with the world around us when we are actually asked as a sacred practice to be aware of what is ours and what is not ours and then make a second spiritual practice in choosing what to carry and what not to carry. And often I will use the act of prayer and this prayer belongs to Kyle Gray. This is where I learned this prayer, but I would simply put my hand on my heart. If I was feeling overwhelmed, I would become aware of my energy and I would simply say the prayer. I choose to carry what is only mine to carry in this moment. And just through that powerful act of prayer, because I believe in the power behind prayer, everything that was not mine that I do not need to carry would shed away. And that is how I would manage serving all the people I could serve, holding space for all the people I could hold. And I think doing the sacred practice is actually what helped me build my capacity over the years to be able to serve um, at the level that I'm able to serve now. So this is a very simple everyday spiritual practice that you can bring into your life. Two more for you as part of this podcast episode. Um, and they're, they're kind of aligned because they both align with gratitude. And I know gratitude is a very popular spiritual practice. We have gratitude journals, we have gratitude classes, 
But the sacred practice in this is finding gratitude when things are not going well. And I have a real example of this in using my daughter as an example. And it really does take conscious effort to choose to see the beauty of the world around you. Let's face it, friends, for the past four years, the world has been a dumpster fire. <laughs> and she's only getting messier. Um, and it could be that it has always been really messy, but the difference that, of the world that we live in today is we see everything. There is no more blinders. Um, there is no more gatekeeping. It is just simply, if we look hard enough, we will be able to see everything that goes on in the world. And that in itself can be incredibly overwhelming. And I think as light workers, it's incredibly important and responsible to know what is happening in the world because we need to know what we're holding space for and we need to know what we're helping people heal through. So it's important to know what is happening in the collective if we are going to be working on behalf of the light. We cannot bury our hands in the sand and we cannot light wash our way out of this and spiritually bypass. At spirit school, we never bypass our humanity. So it takes great discipline in a spiritual practice to be able to be aware of all the things that are happening in the world. My ears are ringing as I'm talking about this and choosing to see the light in the world as well. And it does take a lot to be able to hold both. So sometimes I will feel so overwhelmed by the collective, so distraught by the things that I see happening in the world. And I allow myself to feel all of it. I do. I work with a therapist. I have done a lot of training in emotional intelligence and trauma-informed care. I know how to hold space for myself in this way. And I have a committee and a crew around me that I can call upon at any time to help walk me through any of this. So I do it in a very, very safe way. But I allow myself to feel all the things that are coming up as I become more aware of everything that is happening in the world. And then I will center myself and connect into myself, feel the light within and open my eyes and just start to choose to see the beauty that surrounds me. I live in a very, very beautiful place surrounded by oceans and mountains and beautiful animal wildlife and just nature where we get all four seasons. So for me, I'm very fortunate that where I live, there is literally reminders of beauty and magic in this world all around me. But if you have your head in the sand and you don't look up, you will miss it all. I remember going through a dark night of the soul when I was in corporate and I used to always have these spiritual experiences on my way to work and I would have eagles fly over my car and hawks dive by my car. And I remember one day feeling so defeated driving home. And I remember talking to Skylar, my, my spirit guide on the way home and saying, I don't see eagles anymore. And Skylar said, you don't look up anymore. It's going to make me cry. <laughs> and it's true. When we get overwhelmed with the world, we look kind of like out and down. And sometimes to see the beauty in the world and to choose to see why we're here, we need to look out and up. And so, you know, very recently on YouTube, my daughter saw something just through going through the rabbit hole of YouTube, all these suggested videos, and it's so dangerous for kids. Um, it really, really is. And she's 10 years old and so very impressionable. And through her YouTube rabbit hole, she saw something that completely traumatized her and she had her first anxiety attack. And it was heart 
wrenching to watch as a mother and we are on a full YouTube ban even though you can watch this on YouTube right now um both of my children do not have it anymore until we have some conversations around this and you know we have tools to kind of like navigate some of this but I remember you know she started sleeping with me again after this and the next morning we went to school and I just sat with her in the parking lot and I put my arms around her I said look up I'm like name for me all the beautiful things you see in the world right now and she did, and she stood there, and she was like, I see the trees over my school, and I can see a family of crows flying over, and I can see the sun coming up over the trees, that light through trees. There's nothing more majestic that I have seen in my life than light coming through trees. Cracked me right open. That's why I have the Sacred Spirit Retreat where I have it. Light through trees. I don't know what it is. It feels heavenly to me. And my daughter stood there and she really did take a minute as a spiritual practice to choose to see the beauty in the world around her. And she went to school. And though we did have conversations about what she saw after that, um, the anxiety around it really dissipated. And so, yes, what she saw existed and it was real. But so was this. And it's important to be able to hold the duality of both. So let it be a spiritual practice for you every once in a while, even if it's once a day, to just sit for a minute and look around and look out and just see what you see and see if you can name the beauty that surrounds you and then see what that does to your heart, see what that does to your cells, see what that does to your spirit and your soul. And that is a sacred practice, which takes me to my last daily or everyday spiritual practice that you can incorporate, which is gratitude when you choose to look out and see the beauty that surrounds you can you say thank you mother earth thank you mother earth for these mountains and these oceans and thank you creator for these winged ones and the tree people and the plant people thank you spirit for allowing me to find this beautiful sacred healing land to land on that i never even heard of till i was 25 years old giving gratitude saying thank you because believe it or not, this world feeds us all the time energetically. We are constantly being fed by the oxygen of these plants and being supported by the fish in the sea and the tides. Like there is giving all around us from the natural world. It's constantly giving to us. And can we spend a moment every day saying, thank you. I receive fully everything that you offer in the here and now on this planet and giving gratitude and being that reciprocal energy and giving back because what we see harming the planet is pure extraction. So when we talk about that sacred act of reciprocity, which I've talked about countless times over the years, is a core value of mine. This is how we do it. Because believe it or not, we are receiving all the time from the natural world around us. It has, no, it has no ego. It just constantly gives, constantly gives. And can we give back through the simple act of energy through gratitude and prayer? So my friends, my hope is that today you heard something that quiets a part of yourself that says you should be doing more you don't have time or space to do the things that you're passionate about or tune in more spiritually or you know feel more spiritual because we are living in a very much 3d human world my hope is that today you have at least one thing you can take with you to help you feel connected to the world around you and the world within 
from this moment on. So I wish you well, my friends. I hope that you enjoy some of these practices. I would love to hear which ones resonate. And if you had more to add to this list, please come join us in the Free Spirit School community. I'll link it below. And come tell us what is your everyday spiritual practices that help you make you feel connected. Thank you, friends. And we'll see you next time on Spirit School.